Um, okay, so I do a smidgen of an intro, um, and then I would uh, say your name, Elf, and then we'll we'll do the thing. Listeners, thank you for tuning in again. Uh, hope you enjoyed last week's episode with Adrian Donnell. Uh, we have another uh, guest. It's not necessarily that I planned it out this way, but uh, three individuals who uh, are employed at the the red carpet who so happen to have very different stories, all of them. Uh, but uh, I'm excited to have this individual on. They are loved by all. I've not met a single person who has ever had a bad thing to say about them. Um, they're a protector. They are a lover. They are surprisingly only 23 years old. Ladies and gentlemen, Stephen Garrett. Well, thank you. <laughs> you got the big three. <laughs> you got big three on here. No, how old are you? I'm 28. 28. God. <laughs> it's coming. Yeah. <laughs> I get my shit together. When, when was your birthday? June 20th. June 20th. That's right. So. Over the summertime. Then, God, my eight year anniversary at the carpet's coming up too in March. Eight years? Eight years. Wow. That's crazy. That's, wait, that's like almost as long as Adrian's been there, right? Uh, Adrian's been there nine, ten years. She was there before me. So, yeah, close. Eh, a little bit, but um, yeah, she's been doing it for a while. It's weird to think of, I mean, it's weird for me to think of, but it's got to be crazier for you to think of, like, that's nearly a decade of servitude, as it were. Yep. <laughs> Starting as a bouncer all the way to a bartender slash security to head of security to <laughs> to bartender. Yeah. Doing security still and then uh, managing just like. Now, did you like kind of take a step back from security yourself or was there more of a need for a bartender? Um. After, well, I never really planned on bartending. Okay. Um, I kind of got interested because of the money of it. Mm -hmm. It looked like fun. Uh, I think we needed a new person for Sundays because I was on Sundays. I was doing security for the drag shows. That was every Sunday oh. for Fusion Cabaret. Mm -hmm. Um, and. We had a bartender in that show, but um, there was a bartender in the pub at the same time. And then oh. everybody who was in the event center would move into the pub and everything. Uh, I forgot what happened. Uh, I think somebody left or somebody fucked up, probably. <laughs> and uh, I started training to become a bartender for Sundays. So I wasn't. Uh, 
a weekend bartender. I was a Sunday bartender and then security on the weekends. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, let's, let's start back at the beginning. Yep. Uh, I'm fascinated. I've only, yeah, like I said before, I mean, I've only scratched the surface of kind of who you are as, Mm -hmm. as the awesome person that we've all grown to know and love now. Um, so where did you grow up? That's, uh, I've grew up in a lot of places. Okay. Uh, I was born in Philadelphia in Temple University. Uh, have you ever met Benjamin Franklin? I wish. <laughs> you know, I would have given him some pointers. Yeah. Probably. You know what I'm probably. talking about? The guy that like plays the. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. But no, I never met him. I've actually never been to Liberty Bell. No, really? Never. Wow. Out of all the times I've been back there just for like family vacations and stuff, like I've never been to the uh, Liberty Bell, which is crazy to me. I mean, I thought that it was like out on display. I only just recently saw a video where it's like behind this thing now. They moved it. Yeah. It was out on display, like in a uh, national treasure. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I gr- uh, grew up in Philly for like, I want to see. I think I was 10 months old. Oh, okay. When my stepdad came into the picture. Uh, no, it was about a year. Or so, uh, because my biological father left after me, came back. My mom had my little brother, Carmelo, left again. And then my biological father came into the picture. Your stepfather? Yeah. Yeah, my stepfather came into the picture. Uh, He was in the military. uh, So we moved from Philadelphia to Delaware. God, I want to say we were in Delaware for maybe. Well, I mean, what what do you have memories of? Like, you know what I mean? Like, where right. where were you in that? Like, I God, and this is like the weird thing is like I I came to and just started like having like physical memories when I was like we lived in an apartment. I think it was still in Philadelphia, but it was a nicer nicer area, uh, and we lived in this apartment. And then from there on, I started remembering things. Uh, we were in that apartment for, I want to say, I went until like three or four. Okay. Uh, and then we moved to Delaware uh, until I was like four or five. You and have memories that early, huh? Yeah. It's uh, pretty impressive. We lived in a place called Bear, Delaware. Ooh. Yeah. Um. And it was a really nice neighborhood. It was still under construction because there was like a lot of land that was just open for uh, houses and everything. Um, sure, like a bunch of open lots. So and- the house we lived in in Bear, Delaware, uh, my family uh, had built for this because oh. my dad was in the military. We lived there for a while, and I remember like I remember one neighbor. His name was Anthony. And like we would trade Pokemon cards with him and everything. His dad was cool, and you know he came up with the rule, like uh, because Pokemon cards have like uh, shapes on the bottom of them, it's yeah. like circles and squares. And sorry, was like you have to straight trade a circle for a circle, a diamond for a diamond, a star for a star. He's like, otherwise, it's not fair trades. Wow. I was like, all right, cool. Uh, from Delaware, we moved to Minnetonka, Minnesota. From Minnetonka, Minnesota to Richfield, Minnesota. From there, we moved 
uh, to uh, Scott Air Force Base, Illinois. Uh, went to a uh, school in Muscoota, Illinois, which is near like Belleville. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There uh, in East St. Louis and like all that shit. Muscoota. Muscoota, named after the, the Muscoota Indians. Yeah. Um, or Native Americans, actually. I um, mean, when you were that age. Right. Like they, <laughs> <laughs> their team name is the Indians. And it was like, okay. <laughs> it was like, yeah, let's just get around. Um, and then from there, uh, my freshman, I, we were there until my freshman year of high school. Uh, I played football with like my oldest brother, Matt, uh, who graduated back in like 2009. Uh, we played football together that year. Uh, I fucked up, got held back like a dumbass. Uh, and then we moved out to California. Uh, it's called NTC, but it's also called Fort Irwin, California. Okay. Uh, it's the National Training Center. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, God, we went to a school called Silver Valley. It was like 45 minutes away from the base because base is just right in the middle of the desert. And Holy shit. It's crazy. Like, to get to the nearest beach, I think, was eight hours. Oh, my God, dude. But Vegas was two hours away. So there you go. That, that was a, a nice little thing. Uh, from there, uh, we were there until 2000, from 2009 to about 2011. And then we moved to, uh, my brother and I left early and uh, for football. Uh, we moved back to Illinois to Muscoota. Oh. And we both had people we stayed with. Uh, so we went back early for uh, football season and everything. Uh, got it, all that. And then uh, our family came over. And then we <laughs> officially lived in O'Fallon, Illinois, which was like the next town over. Okay. But that was a struggle because you can't go to Mascuda if you live in O'Fallon. Uh-huh. So we had to keep our like address like our home addresses in Muscoota in order for us to continue going there. Otherwise we had to transfer schools, which would have been a whole hassle and sucked. Uh, From there, my brother, Jonathan and I, and my mom went to Virginia to meet up with my stepfather because he was in Korea for a while. Holy shit. Um, Then we, uh, yeah, I graduated in Virginia. was, really? Yeah. Fun fact, I was supposed to move to Nebraska uh after graduating uh with a bunch of friends and that fell through, so I was trying to look for another place to go because I just wanted to move out. Uh-huh. Uh because of parent things and sure. like, divorce just shitty situation, you know. Oh, your your stepdad and mom aren't together anymore? No. Okay. No, they uh they divorced I don't know how long ago. I really don't care. Actually, it's like it just happened. Um, then I moved in with my brother Matt, uh, 2013. Uh, if, like actually right before Thanksgiving of 2013, uh, I moved in with him. Uh, and then I've been here ever since. Wow. So, I mean, that is 
that's a lot of moving around. Like I moved around a lot when I was a kid, mm-hmm. but you definitely beat me. It's. I mean, it was having, fun, but it sucked too. I know how to move really well now. Yeah, <laughs> you know, but leaving behind friends that you think that you would have a lifelong relationship with and then just never keep contact with them after that. Like I, when I, the friends that I actually had a lot of fun with was, I believe this was in Richfield. No, it was Minnetonka. No, it was Richfield because it was a different school. Uh, I went to scenic height. Uh, elementary in Minnetonka. I forgot the name of the one in Richfield, though. But I had a two friends named Tarek and Lafayette. And ever, like ever so often, I'm like, I wonder how those guys are doing, you know? Because there was actually like that's when I truly had like best friends. Okay. And just never kept in contact. It was like, what the hell? It's tough, man. You know, and it was like. That's when I really started learning about like um, different cultures. Like with Tarek, um, I believe he's a, uh, I believe he's Indian. I, I never really asked, but um, that's when I first learned like about Buddha and like stuff like that because his uh, his family was Buddhist and everything. Sure. So it's like they had a room and it's like you can't go in this room because you can't disturb Buddha. Ah. You know, it's like, oh, okay. It's like, this is like a very real thing. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. Um, Well, I mean, so I'm interested, like, the, did it ever get easier moving? Like, as a kid, like, when, um, because, I mean, when, when we were kids, it was kind of an adventure at first. Um. But then by the time we were about to move to Minnesota, like most of us, I mean, I was in middle school. My brothers were in high school. Uh, my oldest brother was a senior in high school, so he really didn't want to fucking move. We were right. just over it by then. Right. So, I mean, like, was there a point where it, it, it was easier or did it just get more difficult the older you got? Uh Honestly, when you're younger, it's super easy because it's like, oh, new places, new adventure, new people. You know, you never really know what you're going to get. As you get older, it's like, okay, you know, in Minnesota, like I said, I only had like a couple friends. Uh, I actually got a lot more trouble here in Minnesota. Actually, I was always a trouble kid <laughs> in school. I always got in trouble. I got the most ass whooping in my family. Hold the record. It's not something I'm proud of, but. <laughs> I probably was the same now that I think about it. It's, I never thought about it like that, but yeah. Probably. The thing is, is like, <laughs> I've just come up with creative ways just to be a little badass. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, cool. Um, but yeah, definitely when you get older and start actually having relationships with people and you just leave them. And it's like, well, once we hit Illinois, most of my friends were military kids. So they understood, mm. which was nice, uh, because just that's how it goes with your life. You really don't have a choice. Right. You know, you're going to go. Um, first time I moved, I really didn't want to lo- leave Illinois. That's, it, that's where, like, I had really good friends. Uh, like, I had one, his name was Ira, uh, but we had a falling out after a while. Uh, but then I had one, uh, Sean Bugs. 
dude was like a true brother, you know, just another one of us. Uh, family loved him. You know, he was a great time. Always had a hoot with him. We always got in trouble together. And then uh, leaving to California, that's where I actually had the, the most friends in a way. Because um, like half the school was military kids and all the military kids on in that desert fortress of a place. <laughs> yeah. All hung out at the same spots, So everybody pretty much knew each other. I got you. So it was like a forced friendship in a way, but it really wasn't. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, it's more like, um, that like, uh, not necessarily trauma bonding, but like, um, you, you're, you're looking for some like, sort of community mm -hmm. and when you have so many people looking for the same thing at the same time right it, it totally makes sense those bonds are gonna be stronger for mm -hmm. sure like california that's where i had uh a lot more friends uh i was never really the popular one in my family uh my brother matt and carmella were so like they always had the friends that you know they hung out with them and like did everything i was more of the guy who just stayed at home and tried to hang out internally. So, like, most military installations have, like, a teen center or a youth center. And it's, like, oh. stuff like that. And so, like, I would just always hang out at the teen center and just do whatever. Okay. To get out of the house. Sure. Or I would be playing video games. But I couldn't play a lot of video games in California because PlayStation got hacked. Oh. <laughs> For that period of time. And I was just like, what is this? Wow. And, like, the only person with an Xbox in our house was my brother Carmelo. But I forgot know. about that whole PlayStation thing. Yeah. God, it sucked. It sucked so much. Um, but yeah, and then but the weird thing is moving back to where you left before. So like when I went back to Biscota, Illinois, it's like there's so many people I recognize, but at the same time, they've all grown. Yeah. Like, uh, there's this guy named Zach Thurston. Dude was like, I was the biggest person uh, from eighth grade to freshman. I was our biggest, like, like stocky wise. We had like really tall people. Uh, like, I believe his name was like Travis. Yeah, it's just, dude was just tall as hell. But I think the biggest change in one of my friends was Zach. And his name is Zach Thurston fucking dude went from being shorter to me being taller to me and bigger than me and i would say stronger than me <laughs> and i'm like jesus christ so it was like three years i was like geez <laughs> i was like i need to need to do something but um just coming back and everybody's matured in their own way and they've done their own things and like they have their relationships and coming back you still feel like an outsider, even though you already had those relationships, yeah. you know? So it's, it's, it's weird. It's nice. But, uh, and then my senior year, uh, my brother Carmelo <laughs> stayed in Illinois with a friend of the family. Uh, and then my brother Jonathan and I went with our parents to uh, Virginia and we finished out our school out there. Okay. So, so I mean, um, did you have, what kind of relationship did you have with bio dad <laughs> when you were growing up? 
Like it was non-existent. Let me tell you. Were you aware that what's your stepdad's name? Ron. Ron. Were you aware that Ron was not your bio dad growing up? Uh, so growing up, I always thought he was my bio dad. Always until it came down to I was turning. God, I I figured out that he wasn't my bio dad when I was like seven or eight. And the thing is, is like when I was seven or eight, I hung out with my biological father, but I can't remember it. Oh, like always like I remember a moment he was with some woman. I don't know fucking who, who she was, but uh, fucking like the son just treating me like shit. Mm. And I was like that. That's one of the things I remember. Um, after that, no contact until I was eighteen, and oh god, because this okay, <laughs> this is like here a you want to push the butt of this guy up just a smidge. So, oh, you don't have to lean it up that much. Oh, no. there you go. <laughs> uh, so, I find out I have a half sister. Oh, and we're in Philly at this time. And this is where he lives at the time, too. Okay. Um. So my mom tries to arrange a meeting with him. And from what she tells me, like he had a softball game or some shit and he had to make sure he was okay with his coach to come see us. And I was like, I'm like, I'm 18 at the time. I was like, are you fucking kidding? me? <laughs> I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? I was like, you have to check with your coach to see your kids you haven't seen in how long, nor have you had contact with them. I was like, and I don't know if that's just either my mom keeping him away from us or him just not caring yeah, and just letting it be. So 18 years old, uh, he actually shows up and my mom has to say, well, it's this is him like this like it's like cool where's my sister like i want to see my sister i was like okay i met my sister we took a picture and everything you know i posted it online and everything i cropped them out of the photo because he wanted to be in it Mm -hmm. but that caused a lot of issues with my stepdad's side of the family because they contacted him it's like hey who's this man in this photo with your son with steven you know calling him dad and everything you know like i yeah just hey this is my biological father like yeah it is what it is and he had called me upset and like about the whole thing and i was like look like when it comes down to it you're my dad like for real for real it's like you're my father because like he didn't do anything for me he didn't fight me he didn't teach me you know certain things and I was like, okay, you know, it's like, whatever. I still have the picture up, you know, but like I deleted it after I was like, this isn't worth the family drama. It's like, sure. So after that encounter, uh, I wanted to keep in contact with my sister more. So, so over the years, I've like my, my uncles know him, my uncles run into him. And whenever they talk to me, they kind of tell me about him. And in a way, it's like, yeah, you know, it's like, I see him, like, they tell me they see him, and they're like, 
that he kind of asks about us yeah, or something like that. And I was like, well, I'm trying to get his number so I can keep in contact with my sister. I get like three or four numbers. None of them worked. Duke keeps changing his number some for some fucking reason. <sighs> God. So recently, I want to say about three weeks ago now, I found him on Facebook. Holy shit. And was like my original last name is Navarro. I mean, that explains the beard now. Yeah. <laughs> Being black, white, and Puerto Rican. <laughs> um, so, but also like growing up, I've, I've always been told that I look exactly like him. And I never wanted to believe it because I never wanted to be associated with somebody who would just leave their kids. Right. And just not give a fuck. It was like throughout these years, and I really don't understand, but it was like, but recently I found him on Facebook uh, because my uncle told me about him, uh, that he's like, hey, he has a Facebook. And I've been like, and this is back when I went to, I flew into Pennsylvania around July. And I went to a family reunion and he was telling me all about it. And uh, he was like, yeah, you know, he has a Facebook and I've been, I was searching for him ever since three weeks ago. I find him finally. This is all in the, the goal of trying to meet my sister again. She's, mm. she was three when I met her. It's been 10 years. Now she is 13 and I have had no contact with her. And it's like, I was like, I have a sibling that I've met and have no idea how she's doing. Yeah. I don't know if he left her or whatever the hell happened. You know, same if she's in the same situation I was in, you know, and I was like, okay, I found him. What I did was I, because I went to his profile, I couldn't find out, couldn't friend him. So I messaged him. I was like, Hey, I was like, just to make sure it was like looking at the picture. I see why people said I looked like him. Cause I kind of do. Okay. It, it's, pretty good resemblance i'm like fuck <laughs> i hate it so much it, it bothers me so much oh well, yeah of i you know absolutely and, um there's i was like you know hey did you date a woman named valentina in the 90s no answer for about an hour or so you know what i did i texted his wife oh i found his wife on facebook uh, and I was like, Hey, I don't know if his name is Carmelo. Okay. We call him big Carmelo because, uh, my other brother Carmelo. Was oh, 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 yeah. So I find him, I, I message her. I was like, Hey, I don't know if Carmelo's told you about me or like told you about like anything like about the past or whatever. Uh, but. I'm his son, and I I believe I'm his firstborn son, and it's like his oldest child that he has, and you know, I've been searching for him for a while, and the tone of it came off. I was like, oh, I've been searching for him to get to know him, whereas like, hey, my goal is to meet my sister again. Okay, so she's like, she's like. Um, 
do you have a brother? I was like, yeah, Carmelo. She's like, okay, yeah, this is him, you know, and everything. And I was like, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, we've been looking for you guys for a long time, but we don't, we couldn't uh, find out the last name. I was like, what? Because I was like, you've run into my family. You've talked about us. Yeah. And you've asked about us. There's no way you couldn't have found us. It's we're very out there. Like, yeah. In our, in our social media presence, we are out there. And, you know, it's, and then he starts calling me. He's like, oh, my son, my son. Yeah. I was like, Ugh. and, you know, I didn't want to be a dick right off the bat because being somebody whose dad left, left them at a young age and, you just want to know why. Right. Like what, what the situation really was like what his side of the story was. And, but hearing him call me his son, I'm like, I don't, that just infuriates me because it's like, if I was your son, you would have taken care of me. So I find him and you know, it's like, I call my older brother, Matt. And I was like, I found this motherfucker. <laughs> and I was like, and I was hyped because I was like, I fucking finally found him. And it was like, excuse my language because this is like one of those things that. Well, like, I mean, I fucking like, I we, found we, him. we fuck all the time on yes. this show. So you go right the fuck right. ahead. It's <laughs> like, I fucking finally found this motherfucker. I found him. And, you know, it's like, I was like, <laughs> I was like, and I was hype because I was like, I finally get to meet my sister. I was like, I was like, I had a slightest thing in my mind that she was still with him. And we get to talking. Turns out he's having a fucking custody battle over her with her, for her mother. And I was like, you motherfucker. Another one? So the lady that you were talking to was not her mom? No. Oh, okay. That's his wife now. And they live like, oh, we live out in Florida. I was like, good for fucking you. <laughs> you know, and it's she's like, oh, God is good. God is. I was like, fuck God. Right ah, I hate that. Fuck. It's like, and, you know, she's like, oh, we'd love to video chat you and FaceTime, you know, and everything. And she gave me their number. I have not called them. Nor have I tried to uh, contact him in that sort of way. Yeah. I mentally am not ready for that. Well, yeah. I mean, the thing that you really want is to give somebody Mm -hmm. who deserves a chance a chance. Right. Which is your sister. Like, it's not her fault that you guys haven't been in contact. Right. She's an innocent in this whole thing. And the guy who... Absolutely could have. Sounds like his wife has the capacity to have helped him. Right. So, yeah, I totally um, get that. I can't really speak on her. Uh, from our inter- my interaction with her, she's been lovely, uh, you know, and this is where I have more respect for her than I do him. I asked her if she asked me if my brother Carmelo uh, had a social media and I was like, yes, but I'm going to be honest with you. He will not accept it. It was like, 
I've been the one looking for you guys, you know, trying to get this thing situated. Yeah. And and she's like, you know what? I understand that. And that's perfectly okay. I was like, all right. It's like, I can respect that. You know, I respect her for saying something like that because again, you weren't in our life, you know? So (laughs) he told me her name. Um, it's Marie, but I think it's pronounced Marie. Marie. Um, and I ended up finding her on Facebook too, but I didn't message her right away. And large, largely, largely because they are going through a custody battle, but at the same time, I just want to fucking talk to my sister, man. And what I did was, uh, I found her mom on Facebook as well. Oh. So I messaged her mom first. Um, and it was like, Hey, uh, I'm sorry. This is out of the blue. I'm Camilla's firstborn son, uh, and brother to Murray. It was like, this is just a lot. It's been a lot of looking. I just want to talk to her, you know, and, I want to make sure that's okay with you first because it's a lot just to spring onto a 13 year old because I don't even think she knows that she has another brother. Oh yeah. You said how old was she when you, she, she was three when I met her. Yeah. And I was like, well, I'm going to try to do the respectful thing. And it was like, talk to her mom first. You know, it's like, Hey, like your custody battle. I do not care about. I was like, as long as she is in good hands, I'm okay. And that's the largest thing. Um, and like her mom does, runs his like autistic like program. Oh wow! And stuff like that. And I was like, oh okay, that's really cool and that's really nice, you know. And I was like, it's like I messaged her first, and like three days go by, and I'm like, no response. I'm like. <sighs> Being impatient, you know, yeah. I messaged my sister and I don't think she's seen it yet, but I was like, Hey, sorry, this is out of the blue. Uh, obviously my name is Steven. Uh, Carmelo is my dad. You know, I'm your half brother, you know, and, you know, I just want to get to know you. And, you know, it's like I showed her, like i sent the picture of us, like when she was younger, I was like, this is us 10 years ago, you know, and everything, you know. But he messages me from time to time. It's like, oh, have a blessed day. You know, have a good day. It was like, you know, like I'll respond maybe. That's what your dad says? Yeah. Once or time, once or twice, I was like, you too. And he's like, please keep keep in contact. I was like, maybe. Because now. My objective to getting known with my sister has become a lot harder because of this custody battle. And like he sent me a picture of her and him together and then sends me two pictures of him in fucking softball uniforms playing softball. I was like, I don't give a fuck about you right now. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is this? And that and that like just brought me back to when I was 18, the whole softball situation. And this motherfucker has the nerve to say Oh, you guys have good athletic bills. You know, if you guys make it to the big leagues, don't fucking forget about me. Really? Yeah. 
Wow, I was like, what dude. kind of ghetto fucking stereotype bullshit is that? Yeah. Oh my God, dude. I was like, are you serious? <sighs> I was like, I was like, I don't care. I was like, you haven't been there. I was like, why? Of course I'm going to forget about you. Yeah. <laughs> the fuck? You're not contributing anything. Yeah. What? Jeans? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. You're a great softball player. Cool. Yeah. I don't care. I never played baseball or softball in a day in my life. Like, like for fun, but like on teams. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. No, no, no. It. So I just been dealing with that uh, recently. So, like, ever so often I look, you know, just like, did they see it, you know, or did they accept the message or anything like that? So it's like, it's just one thing. I try. I mean, it's, I, I, I can't believe that shit happened so recently. That's so wild to me. Yeah. I called my older brother, Matt, and, you know, we were talking about it and it's like, it's, a, and this is like on a dart leak night. And when this happened, you know, and, you know, and it's like, it's a mixture between sadness, rage, and some joy. Mm. Sadness because it took this long. Rage because of like what the fuck. Yeah. A little bit of happiness because I was that much closer. Yeah. So I was just having an off night that night because I was just like like I cried that night, uh, before everybody came, but I was like what the fuck? I was like, why? <laughs> like that's literally what I want to know is why. And it hurts. Because it's like I I could never think about leaving like my child or like and you and you see like the state of how like some relationships that like they separate and you know child support and all that. Yeah. Like there are those people who don't let the children's father see their kids. Yeah. Yeah. And part of me wonders if my mom did that or, or the other half is he just didn't want, he didn't try hard enough. Yeah. And that's the hard part of it all because it's like, you'll never really know why, because they'll tell you one thing on one side and tell you the other. It and, could be a mixture of the both though. Right. You know what I mean? Like it, he may have wanted to be in contact, but because of the toxic way that he was, mm -hmm. it would have been more detrimental to you guys or the potential for that to be detrimental. Yeah. Like from what I told, he was not the greatest. And I was like, okay. And I was like, and I took it and I was like, I can believe that. And it was solidified in my mind that he was not that great of a person when he said that bullshit to me about not forgetting about him. If I ever made it big. Yeah. And I was like, okay. I was like, this makes sense. I could see why this wasn't a thing. Yeah. You know, and it's just like, you see the situation now and it's like, what the fuck? Yeah. You know? Well, and I mean, COVID has changed up everybody's priorities mm -hmm. too, where they, they feel like they, they need to be reaching out more and, and shit like that. So right. maybe there's a little bit of that going on, but I mean, cause I had somebody on here, his name's Rudy Pavich, mm -hmm. which I highly suggest you watch that one because like okay. 
very similar stories. Um, but he lived up on the iron range up North Mm -hmm. and, uh, his dad was a drug addict and, um, like his story is so, so wild that he ended up making a documentary about his dad. Mm-hmm. This is just so bananas. But like uh, a couple months before he was on this show, he had found out that he had another half sister. So he's finding out that like all over the country, he has mm-hmm. half siblings and. Right. It's just, God, it's such a weird thing because like with my mom, three different baby daddies pretty much, you know, and like wait your your mom has so my older brother is technically my half brother oh uh she had him i believe when she was 15 uh and then she met my biological father had me and then my younger brother they didn't work out and then met my stepfather ron and that that's where my youngest brother jonathan comes from okay so i got gotcha. you i got gotcha. you yeah. okay um and it's funny, like, the, I, I had somebody else on who was, like, embarrassed of the fact of, like, having a parent who had children with multiple people, but it's so common. That happens. Oh, yeah. It happens all the time. Yeah. Things don't work out, and that's perfectly okay. I'm not saying it's a bad thing that things don't work out and that other people have different dads, you know, with yeah. different kids. That's okay. It's a common thing. Shit doesn't work out all the time, especially nowadays, you know, and it's whatever, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, I never considered my brother's half brothers. It was like, I've grown up with them and fucking, we have like the strongest bond together, you know, like no matter if like, we don't talk to each other for a while or whatever, we can always just pick up where we left off and just like reminisce about everything throughout like our lives. Because we share things like throughout our lives and everything like yeah. So it was like I'll never call them my half brothers. I will never call them like anything other than straight up blood brothers. You know. Yeah. So and it's like that's actually a good way of looking at it because there is blood there. Right. So what what does it matter the percentage like? Right. Yeah. That's a no. great. That's a great point. So, but yeah, I was talking to my older brother Matt about it and. I was just like, I don't think I can forgive him, you know, because I'm so upset over it. It's like, and you think about all the things you would have said once you found or found out who your real father is like, what, like, but it's like one of those movie moments. Like you think about it. And then when it really comes down to saying it, you either choke up or you just explode. Yeah. For me, I choked up because I am not the same rageful teenager I once was. Mm. I used to be angry all the time. That's why I got in trouble all the time. It's just I had an anger issue of just like doing whatever the hell I wanted uh, and just like being mad because you're all, I was always compared to my older brother. It's like, and I would always say, I'm not him. So stop expecting me to be like him. It came from my mother. It came from family friends. It came from teachers, coaches. I could never outrun his shadow until he graduated high school and I could truly be myself and nobody ever compared me to him. 
you know, and for a while there, like after he left her college and this is when we lived in, uh, Illinois because him and my mom had a really tight relationship. Mm. You know, he would talk to to her about everything and like all this stuff. He leaves her college and then all of a sudden becomes, well, why don't you do this? Like Matt, Matt did this. Matt would come to me about this, you know, and everything. And it was just like, we never had that relationship, nor have you tried to build that relationship before when he was here. Mm-hmm. And now that he's gone and you're trying to crave this relationship with us now, it's just not happening, you know? And I grew to resent him so much. I hated him. We and him butted heads for a while. But it was never his fault. Yeah. And, like, I had a conversation with him about it. I was like, because he brought it up, and I was like, this is why, like, we had issues. And it's like, and I, like, growing up, part of it is, like, in realizing this is none of your fault, and I'm sorry, like, for my part in all this, you know, because you really didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. And, uh, while he was still living here, uh, we had like a family friend who were, who was pretty much like onto us in, uh, the cities and very, very good people, uh, always mean well, uh, very tough love, uh, and expect the best out of you, mm. you know? And always want the best out of you. And they'll always be there to aid you. Um, It was another one of those situations where, and this was not their fault either. Um, But this is, it's something that stuck with me with their relationship with my older brother. I was, I always thought whenever I talked to them about like financial situation, living situation, jobs or anything like that. I was always compared to my brother. Oh, okay. And that's just how I felt. Like I wasn't good enough if I was not doing something like him. Mm-hmm. And not his fault, not their fault. It's just something that stuck with me from over the years, just growing up like that, being compared to him. And of course, being the middle child, pretty much. Me and I was going to say, like, yeah. we have that in common, that, right. that middle you child know, stuff. It's like, you're in a way you're constantly trying to outdo your older siblings because so you can be known as your own mm-hmm. and exceed elsewhere. Yeah. Like me and my older brother, me, we were always athletic and we always played the same sports. And so it's like, it's hard to get out of that thing and find our own thing because we did a lot of the similar things. Mm-hmm. But thing is he was more popular and, you know, uh, he did a lot more community service and like everything like that. He actually just like all in all did a lot of like community help and like just like was really good at with people in general. Dude, that's so funny. Like, so because I have two older brothers, mm-hmm. they were a mixture of what you're describing. So mm-hmm. like our oldest brother uh, was the one that ended up like following the church and like being mm-hmm. so um eventually like he was like the gold standard for what we were supposed to do 
And then on the school th- side of things, my second older brother mm-hmm. was the athletic one, the popular one. God. Like, so what the fuck am I supposed to? So that's why I turned into an emo kid. Cause I was like, well, how do I fucking look different from these guys? Like, I don't want to be, Oh, I, Matt, <laughs> fucking dude was great in school. He was a hard worker, great at sports. He is a crowd pleaser. Dude, my brother, fine as hell. <laughs> my brother's fine. I'll send you a picture of him so people can look. Okay. But my brother is fine as hell. And fucking, <laughs> he got all the girls. Fucking, I fell for a girl and I started dating the girl who had a crush on him. And her, her name was Sarah. Fucking, and she always just like, oh, he's my sunshine. I was like, and I would look past it because I was so like infatuated with her. Mm-hmm. Like I wanted to be with her so bad. And I was like, I can never date a girl who likes my brother first ever again. Yeah. It's like, if you like what's behind door number one, wait till you see what's behind door number two. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I had a great time with her. She was great. You know, it's just, it ended not the greatest way. And you know, like, did you walk in on your brother banging Sarah? No, <laughs> he would never do that to me. And I can say that with the utmost positivity. Yeah. Uh, no. Uh, so <laughs> the thing is with like, me and her relationship, uh, we were talking for a long time and this is back when I was in California, you know, and we, we would talk about dating and like it, it, God, it was so immature because it was like, oh, marriage and all this shit. But I was on some simp type shit. And I was simping hard for this woman. And <laughs> fucking, well, it's like, well, we're going to be in a relationship when I move back. And that's what I thought was going to happen. Um, I moved back. She picks me and my brother up from the airport. All is good. All is great. Next day. Or so, like, I don't know how long it was after uh, the airport situation. Um, I'm just not ready to be in a relationship right now. Mm. I'm like, are you fucking kidding? (laughs) I was like, Jesus. So I started talking to this other girl. And like, whatever. Uh, That really never went anywhere. Like, we really weren't official. And then. Uh, me and Sarah start dating and it's going good, but it just goes downhill for a bit. And I remember I'm out with my uh, best friend, Sean at the time. And I get a call from her telling me it's over because I started talking to this other girl before we were officially together. Mm. And she did the, you were mine. The moment you stepped off that plane. I was like, what? I was like, you know, that's what I thought too. But you, like you said, you weren't ready for a relationship and all that time talking to you and just like putting the energy and effort and not, not immediately getting it back. Yeah. No, I thought we had the same energy about the situation. You know, it's just, I was like, well, okay. Like we fell off for months. And then we started dating and like all that stuff. So I was like, then she says that I was like, okay. 
And then here's the funny thing. She's now married uh-huh. to a guy. Guess named name. Carmelo? No. <laughs> named Steven. <laughs> Spelled the same way. What? Guess where he's from? Philadelphia. He likes the Eagles, too. I mean, doesn't everyone <laughs> from Philly like the Eagles? I No. Not. <laughs> There's some Cowboys fans there. Fucking. What are they doing? Scum. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, uh, not everybody in Philly likes the Eagles. A large portion, but yeah, not yeah. everybody. I think. But I mean, all of the other parallels. If he's part Puerto Rican too, I'm gonna fuck. No, he's white. It. Okay, he's white. <laughs> I'm sorry, but the s- portion of me that was white wasn't good enough for you. <laughs> no, but she's she's really nice. Uh, they have a kid together now. Uh, so. I was like, well, fucking A. I was like, I'm just a shortstop before everybody gets their fucking relationships. Uh, I hate that shit. Dude, okay. So, like, from, like, what I'm hearing so far is you have a lot of love. And growing up, it doesn't sound like you were given, like, the best opportunity to showcase it. Oh, you know what I mean? Like, right. Because you had all of this, like you're being told that stepdad Mm -hmm. is your stepdad. Bio dad is this. And it's like all of these opportunities where, well, maybe, maybe if he just met me, he would want to be my dad. Like shit like that. Like that's, you're so right, (laughs) dude. It's heartbreaking. uh, I, I will say this and I will knock myself down a peg. I was toxic as fuck as a kid. Oh, I was horrible. Well, I, I mean, in, after, in before what? that Sarah rela- relationship, I would be jumping to relationship with girl with girl with girl, just like whatever. But you know what that is? I was just like, I was just searching for love. You're searching like, for love yeah, and approval. you're going to have in the back of your mind, like I'm, I need to make sure that if it isn't going the way that I think it should go, then that means they're going to leave eventually. And I can't let that happen. Right. I need to protect me. Like it's something that a lot of people don't find out until later that like this protective aspect that, mm-hmm. because the brain is a fucking tricky thing. So like in the back of your mind, like your subconscious still has mm-hmm. that survival skill mentality. Right. So, it's got, it does these weird things. Like there's a part of your brain that doesn't give a fuck about anybody's feelings. Right. And is just going to do whatever it thinks it needs to, to keep our physical aspects safe. Right. I, I was horrible in relationships, like all throughout like high school. And I think the only real relationship I had was with Sarah. And that's what I put my effort to. Now, like looking back and realizing how bad I was and just like, I never want to be like that. And like, I was like, I forgot who told me, but somebody said I was acting just like my biological father. Mm. And that hit me the hardest way. I was like, what the fuck? It's like I was mad at that person for telling me that, but I was also it it was also a point where I changed who I was. Mm. Uh, 
I was like, I, I was a fucking scumbag. I was not great. And, uh, now it's like, I'm still searching for love, you know, fucking. Well, dude, I mean, I'm going to cut this part out, but I've been in, in the past, I want to say three or four years. I've been in two relationships. Uh, one with God. God. <laughs> I'm like agnostic, so fuck all that. I'm uh, just fucking around. Uh, you should be in a relationship with Satan because he just wants you to believe in yourself. Most likely. <laughs> <laughs> um, he is the goat. Wow. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, he's the god of all time. <laughs> Dude, you're fucking crushing it right now. Um, I've, I mean, my relationship strengthened just by those two things that you said. So, you know, I started my own church of Rumplemans. We can touch on oh, that. Oh, that's right. We can touch on that later. But so, like, holy water is Rumplemans. You're sprinkling on people and they're like, ah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, I recently, so I was in two relationships, one with uh, a girl who, like, again, I was fall fucking, I was infatuated. I started working out with her. I <laughs> like the thing is, is like she saw better in me. So I started to do better for myself and her in that relationship. Okay. And I changed for her, not because she asked me to, because I just wanted to be better for her. Sure. I thought she deserved better. Uh, she cheats on me. Uh, so do, do one of these and just now you can push it that way. There you go. So you, you can manhandle this thing yeah, all you want. Get over here, you <laughs> dirty little Mike. Mm. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, God, and the it's so funny because the reason why I found out she cheated on me is because she told me. Uh, Cinco de Mayo, the day after. On all days. It was the day after Cinco de Mayo. Uh, we Everyone went out with her friends. That Cinco de Mayo is Stevens Day. Fucking, I wish. <laughs> uh, so we go out with her friends, and you know, uh, they're great. You know, in like it's her friend that she lives with and has a relationship with. Uh, so we. And they like they work at Texas Roadhouse, I think. Still, mm, I know she does. Okay, uh, but she cheated on me, and she told me the day after singing a mile. And wait, was it Missy? No, <laughs> her name's Margaret. I'm just airing out names right now. I just don't care at this moment. It's it's been a while. Uh, she cheated on me. She told me, uh, and like, we were supposed to go to a party that night, the the day she told me, mm. and we were still like, I don't know, like why the fuck I did this, but I was like, by who she told me some dude named Alex that works in the kitchen. Still don't know who this motherfucker is. Uh, okay. And, and then I was like, you know, maybe, you know it'll work out and like, we'll still be together. 
And I was like, I was willing to forgive her for cheating on me. Did you go to the party? No. Oh, she canceled. God. I went out to the carpet that <laughs> night. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is wrong with me? I'm the biggest simp right now. And I fell in. I was like, so she had a friend who lived across the street from me. And I would see her car in front of my apartment all the time. Okay. And in that, I was like, maybe she's there waiting for me. Uh. And I, I just put her through it. It just like, I would text her every morning. I got it. Again, it's not, I got to get out of that fucking thing. Like I'm out of it now, but it was like, I would text her expecting her to like respond. But like, I never got mad if she didn't. Mm. I was just, it would just upset me more. Right. So what I did was blocked her number, blocked her, uh, like just got rid of every, all the evidence of us being together. You talking about Margaret Cho? No. The other lady. Margaret is the one I'm talking about. Yeah. I just uh, said Cho just Cho. because. Yeah, I fucking I forgot. She's a famous time. Korean uh comedian. So ah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh I forgot her last name though. Uh Thatcher? So, no. Uh but uh she's with this guy named Sam now. As long as far as I know, they're still together. Dude's great. And I hate to say it, dude's great. I Ooh. actually really like the guy. Uh, dude's been nothing but respectful. Uh, just a genuine dude. Uh, always like fun to be around. And I was like, I was like, okay. I found out they were together uh, when I was drunk. I was drunk at the carpet, and I saw him, and it was like EDM night. And I, they were, they were always hanging out together and she spent the night at their place all the time mm. for a while. Cause she would go downtown quite a bit, uh, but she doesn't anymore. Uh, oh so, fuck. So were you seeing her often? Like when, yeah, I would see her downtown sometimes, Oof. but she wouldn't come to the carpet, uh, after a while, uh, because of that. Sure. Uh, so, uh, now if I ever see her, like we're cool. Like we ask each other how we're doing and everything like that. Um, but when I found out they were together, she was bartending at the press and I was like, be straight up with me. Are you and Margaret together? And he took a deep breath. He's like, yeah. I was like, okay, how long? He's like, maybe a month or so. It is like right after we broke up kind of thing. And I'm just like, I drunkenly go into the press. I was like, what the fuck? And this is around like closing time too. It was like, you could have just fucking told me. And I wouldn't be acting the way I was, you know, it's like, and that's a lot to put on her, but like, that's, that was toxic of me to do at the time. I was like, what the fuck is wrong with me? Like the next day I was like, look, I'm so sorry. Like I did that. That was very uncalled for, you know? Especially in front of a bunch of people. Yeah. I was like, ah, what the fuck is wrong with me? I mean, it goes back to that whole, like, I hate to say it like this, but like the subconscious, why am I not good enough? Yep. Like, 
it's hard to shake that because I did a lot of that shit too. And being constantly compared, really that shit didn't stop until I was like, like 32, like when people, or no, like 31, 32, when uh, people stopped comparing me to my, my brothers. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's just tough to, how do you, how the fuck do I pull ahead Mm -hmm. so that I'm not, getting slept on you know what i mean right and like for me whenever i'm interested in somebody i'm interested you know um and i put like and if they showed that energy back to me in some sort of way i was like okay this can be something Mm -hmm. so i'll put my energy into it and ignore some things you know it's like we're not exclusive or like like whatever this has happened twice where i put my energy into it and it's just a dud it just doesn't happen for me and i'm just like what the fuck yeah you know and i was like it's not their fault not my fault it's just sometimes it just doesn't happen you know um and then but the other relationship I was in uh, was a girl named Jaden, who I met at the carpet uh, through one uh, old coworker named Taylor. Um, really nice girl. Uh, we ended on good terms, where she lives in Wisconsin, and oh. you know, so with that whole situation, long distance, you know, that just a thing that was bothering her. Like we gave it a try for a bit. Uh, I never really got around to visiting her out there, uh, but we just ended on good terms because it was just a situation where she was it was bothering her because she wanted to be around more. Sure, and I wanted to be around more, but I understood the situation of you know she's there for her sister, she takes care of her, you know she's very family oriented and like all this other stuff, you know and. It's just a lot of pressure to be in a relationship that's long distance already. Mm -hmm. So, like, we ended things in, like, we're on good terms. We still talk here and there, you know, talk to each other, just see how each other are doing. Um, But that's more so a friend thing. So, I mean, I'm that, I mean, because we're getting older, right? 28 years old, coming up on 30. Is it that you're... Now looking for, um, like, do you plan, do you want to have kids at some point? I do. Or, yeah. I want to settle down. And that's more so the thing. And it's like, I'm not trying to rush into it. Right. You know, and I don't expect anybody else to do that. Uh, but at this point, I am ready to settle down. You know, am I giving up a life of just having casual relationships? No. Not at the moment because I haven't had anything. But if I ever have that person that I can settle down with, then I will. Sure. You know, yeah. It's like I'll give that all my energy in. It's just trying to be with somebody right now for me. And it's like from like I'll get ignored and it's just be like, all right, cool. You know. Or it's just like people I'm not interested in wanting to be with me, and I'm just like, mm, no, sorry. Yeah, you know, I'm curious. Um, 
do you do you not drive? No, I live downtown and I work downtown. So, so is it it's just because you don't have a car? I think most of the reasons why people don't get with me is because I don't have a car. Okay. Which okay. Like that's fine, you know. But I mean, yeah, if but you at live the same time to work. Like, I was like, I'm saving money by not having a car, so I don't have to pay car insurance. I don't have to like do maintenance and all that shit. Uh, it's like I live downtown. I work downtown. I walk to work every day. It's whatever. Yeah. You know, and if I ever go out somewhere, it's with like my friends, like with Robert, with Adrian, or like, and usually I get a ride with them, you know, but other than that, it's like, yeah, it's such a weird concept for people because unless you live in Minneapolis, mm-hmm. but even then, for some reason, those, those people own cars, which I right. don't really get. But I mean, any other like major metropolitan area, like mm-hmm. there are tons, tons of people who don't own cars because right. it just doesn't make any fucking sense. Right. And, and it's like, that exact same situation where it's like, well, I, I was like, <coughs> okay. I was like, you know, it's like, Hey, you have your reasons. Okay. Like I've learned to let things go and just let them be. And it's like, because I would sweat it so much. And it was like, why? It's like, why am I not good enough? What, what is the issue? You know? And, and it was just like, what the hell? But it was like, I save money by not, uh, having a car. I live downtown. Everything that I, could really need is downtown and if i need to go to like the grocery store it's down the road yeah I could just lift there it's like whatever so but <laughs> god uh three times in a row things haven't worked out because of distance and that's when i wish i had a car yeah and i'm just like what the fuck that's, I mean, it's, it's a whole thing. It's, well, and I mean, like you're you're looking at an investment for a what if, right? Like it's ah, oh god, yeah. I can't. That, that sucks. Like at the moment, I have no plans on buying a car, yeah, like, or anything like that. Like I, like I'm kind of okay where I'm at at yeah. the moment. Like yeah, I can always do better, and I want to. But I know. mean, I don't know if do better is the right word. Are you saying do better, like, as far as your career, or what do no, you mean? No, not as, like, career or anything like that. It's just, like, eventually, I'll get a car at some point, because, like, whatever. Yeah. Because I kind of want one, but at the moment, financially, I'm just not in that situation. Yeah. You know, I fucked myself early on. Uh, <laughs> shit. When I first moved here, after my brother left for the military, uh, I got a $5,000 loan to get a car mm. and fucking never learned this in school. Parents never taught me this shit. I just did it paired it pay off the loan mm-hmm. and just like, like a dumbass car got uh, towed. Uh, also, so I got debt with that and bad credit, uh, opened up a credit card that had a thousand dollar limit, bought a PS four and groceries <laughs> That didn't pay that off. It fucked myself over. 
Yeah. So like getting a car now is going to be a struggle until I get my shit together financially, yeah. which I have started to do. So, I mean, that happens to people who don't even do mm-hmm. stuff like that. Like, I mean, I remember when I used to sell cell phones, mm-hmm. I would just assume that people who were well-dressed had good credit. Right. And I got educated as to like, you never know somebody's situation. Like right. shit can happen mm-hmm. at the drop of a hat. And then now everything gets fucked. Your house gets foreclosed on. I mean, we yeah. saw that with the housing market. Like, right. I'm sure thousands of people's credits got completely fucked because of, mm-hmm. of all the shit that happened. So, I mean, it's not, I, I hope that people realize like, it's not like you wanted to fuck your credit up. Right. You're just not educated on, on the exactly. shit that can happen. Not to, to backtrack so hard, but um, I'm curious. I was curious about when you were, when you were telling me about how you were uh, talking to Matt about uh, getting in co- back in contact with your dad God, your, or your bio dad. Yeah. Um, did, did he have any advice or like, like what's his relationship with his bio dad? He does not know. Him. Ah. Uh, we currently don't know who he is. Okay. Um, it's going to call out my mom, but <laughs> fucking. I mean, she, 15 years old. What do yeah, you? Yeah. She doesn't really remember. And, and you know, so it's been a whole thing. So, but talking to him made it a lot easier to like, just like chill out. Um, it was more so advice of you know, like, you know, forgive him. I'm so curious, like, it's like if if that's a better situation or not to not know who your bio dad is at all, because then you at least get to have that thing in the back of your head, like, well, like, he he probably doesn't even know. Yeah, he just fucked off and like whatever. Like, yeah, he doesn't even know, but. Knowing who my biological father is, knowing that he's somewhere out there and still around and not in my life, yeah, is so much harder. I, I, that's what I was thinking. But for him, him having to go through multiple people and like and just seeing those relationships and like everything has his effect on him as well. Sure. But his advice to me was forgive him. But that doesn't mean I have to like him. Yeah. That doesn't mean I have to like talk to him, you know, all the time or like have a good relationship with him, you know. Um, and his, because I told him that I found my sister, he, you know, and he was like, well, it's like, it's like at the same, his advice was like, just don't badmouth him mm-hmm. because in the end, that's her dad still. Ah. And she might have grown up seeing a different side of him than I did. And their relationship might be different than ours. I was like, well, it, I really never had an intention of badmouthing him to her because I just didn't care enough sure. about mentioning him. My deal was. I want to get to know my sister. I want to be there for her in some sort of way Mm -hmm. and potentially actually like meet her in person, like, and like hang out with her. Um, so bringing him up 
was more so it's like, yeah, we share a father. Okay. Mm. But like, I want to get to know you and because I haven't for 10 years. Uh, and I just want to know who you are as a person. And I want to let you into my life as well. Yeah. You no, know, I'm not expecting her to accept me like right away, but I want her to know that, Hey, I'm here, you know? So, well, and I mean, there's this, uh, there's this comedian, uh, Rudy Baker, who, uh, just last week, uh, she was on, have you heard of Tiger Belly? It's this this podcast that Bobby Lee has. I'm going to be honest, you're the only podcast I really listen to. (laughs) I don't really listen to it. I mean, that's fine. There's so many podcasts now. It's crazy. But... So this Rudy Baker lady was talking about how um, people try to impress on her uh, that saying of you can't choose your family. And she's like, why? We, why, would it, why would it be that we don't you know, have a say in that? That's ridiculous. Like, really, the only thing that they contributed was something that you had no say in. Right. Okay, yes, you share blood, but... But I mean, like, so the, the concept that like, you have to continue to force yourself into these shitty situations that give you anxiety or whatever, like all for the sake of family, like, sure. Give them as much of a chance as you're, as you have a tolerance for. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, like if you can choose to have healthy people in your life over this bullshit that you've had to deal with for decades. Why not? I so like this is only reason, but like to people who are listening and have had you know a shared experience with Steven or Rudy or any of the other people, like fam, like that that is not on you to make up for what they did, right? Um, speaking of that, it's like I have friends who are like family to me more than some actual family, you know. It's like Adrian. I consider her a sister. Like she has been there for me, you know, and vice versa. And like, like she's always been great. You know, she's been real with me, you know, and she tells me what's up. Same thing with Robert. You know, I consider him a brother. Oh, I thought you were going to say you consider him a sister as well, but. I mean, yeah, both. (laughs) You know, sad boy hours. Sad boy hours. Yeah. Uh, But like. My relationship with like Robert is pretty much the same relationship I have with my like older brother Matt. You know, like we talk, like we have those talks, we have those like tough conversations about things that happen in our lives or just like things happening to us in general. Yeah. And you know, and like we're there for each other. Um, you know, it's the same thing with Adrian. You know, it's just those are like the people I like to let into my uh, situation. I was like, this is what's going on to me. Cause I really don't disclose that much to people, you know, that's happened to me in my life. Sure. So. Well, yeah. I mean, I, and I appreciate you coming on and doing this mm-hmm. because I mean, the goal is not just to like get people to, like pay attention to the show. Like if they are going to pay attention, I hope that it's so that they don't feel so alone in the shit that they've been through and that they know that there 
are lots of people who have gone through, like I was saying about the credit thing before, like you have no idea what someone's situation is. If you hadn't been on uh, that time with, with Robert last year, um, I don't know that I would have known how like deep of a person you are. I would just Mm -hmm. be like, Steve, he's the fun dude and like just a blast to have around. Um, so I mean, it's, yeah, I think it's important to highlight like you, you didn't, you didn't just come out like Mm -hmm. the happy go lucky dude that you are like it, it it takes work and experience and all of these things. Mm -hmm. Like sure. There are some people that are like, their situation was just in such a way that they never really had to Mm -hmm. cast stones or anything like that. So they are just happy, go lucky people or whatever. But for most of us, we had to do some work and figure out what matters. Where am I going to like devote my altruistic, you know, uh, behaviors and when am I going to like be the, like protect myself right. and be defensive and all of these things? And right. I, it's like a surface thing, the happy go lucky thing. I like my, like for me, if I can make other people smile, if I can make other people laugh and feel better about themselves in any sort of way, I'll do it. I'm a sucker like that. It's like, and I always try to understand people's situations, even if they don't have the best in- intentions and just like, and are just deceiving me. I, I'm there to a fault of, you know, it's like, and people do try to take advantage of my kindness in a way and just like have me try to believe certain things about mm-hmm. them or their situation or whatever. Uh, I just like to be the person there to listen which i'm completely okay with just listening to people's problems so it's like um and that's where like if it's like even with like family drama i like exclude myself i don't like and this is like crucial to my own happiness that i and i figure this out that i'll listen you can vent i'll give my opinion I'm not taking sides. I was like, outside of this conversation, I'm not a part of this. Hmm. It was like, nor do I want to be. Yeah. It was like, fucking is, <laughs> I was like, I don't have time for this. Like, I have my own stuff that I'm going through that, like, I'm struggling with. You know, it's like, I don't care that your fucking girlfriend's boyfriend is a piece of shit. Hmm. I was like, I do, but like, right but you know it's like i can't do anything you know what do you expect me to do he was like i'll let you vent i'll give my opinion but other than that i really can't do anything for you yeah and you know it's like i'm not gonna try to solve your solution like your shit you know it's like i might give you like options it's like hey have you thought about this maybe that you can do this you know and try to like help them in a, in in an indirect way, yeah, and not get directly involved because I don't need that stuff on me, mm-hmm. you know. And it's like very rarely do I get involved in other people's stuff unless it affects me, sure, in some sort of way. 
Well, and I mean, that's, that's healthy because that's, I mean, people who, I mean, I'm one of them. Like I've Mm -hmm. only, you know, after I got out of treatment, like really confronted my codependency stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, like that's how I got in trouble with, you know, Johnny crutches and all that bullshit was like, it, I saw the injustice and was like, well, obviously I'm the one that has to fucking do it because nobody else is going to try to right. do all this shit. And, and what, what, what the fuck ever happened with Jack? I never understood that situation. I mean, so I, I he, knew that the whole like sexual harassment things were coming out and yeah. Yeah, everything. I think his name was mentioned. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, isn't he like friends with Aaron or whatever and mm-hmm. doing that Twitch bullshit? Yeah. So they brought it up on the radio because uh, Corey, for some reason, thought that it would be a good idea to bring it up live on the radio, which is fucking awful. Right. And then instead of talking to literally anyone else first, they talked to Johnny first, who played the victim and like, and like he would use the excuse of like, I have poor memory issues, but I don't at the same time. So, and then, so the way that he was conducting himself and the way that they were doing it on the show, like all of these girls who had been talking to me were all of a sudden like, I mean, what's the fucking point if we're going to be made out to be the ones that are overreacting or what, like, this is the whole thing. They were trying to silence them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. fucking toxic men do. Mm-hmm. fucking that is the biggest bullshit i've ever heard like you have multiple people coming out against you you know a multiple like comedians yeah well not even just the comedians, comedians fucking show mm-hmm. producers and shit and it's like i thought once like the max stuff came out and then it started dominoing into more people coming out i was like this is a good thing. It's like, I'm glad somebody's saying something. And it's like, and these people are getting called out. And then the whole thing with like the Aaron situation, I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, I was dude. like, you must be that much of a scumbag to fucking defend these people where there is fucking proof. <laughs> there is hard, hard proof. And I'm like, and you still let these people on air with you? Yeah. He's like, Aaron just is a piece of shit, in my opinion, already. Yeah. And then, but now you have these two people. I I fucking saw Johnny Crutches down in the Keller fucking, it was a long time ago. He was promoting a show at a different bar. And I'm like, and they just let him do it. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> I was like, hell no. I was like, you're promoting your show at a different bar that's not the red carpet first. Yeah. Secondly, you're a piece of shit. Third, you're promoting a show for a piece of shit. I was like, <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> I like I can't. I was like Well, I mean when the when the Max stuff came out, they took that opportunity to shit on me more because it was like like I somehow should have known that this stuff with Max was happening. Right. And when I found out about the Max stuff, like I did everything. The It's so different though. Like mm-hmm. Max gave, I wouldn't know you without Max. I wouldn't right. know Ryan and April's wedding never right. would have happened. Caitlin and Alex's marriage would have never happened. Like right. there are all of these like 
really impactful things Mm -hmm. that I'm just, as soon as I find out, supposed to know exactly how to respond. Like, that was a fucking lot to deal with. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. No, I like, I saw your post when it came out and I was like, fuck, man. It's like, this is like affecting you (laughs) in such a deep way because this person that you've had connection with and made other connections through has done something so horrible that you are not aligned with and you thought was a better person and it comes out that he's not. Well, and the worst thing was that he, he was becoming an even better person. Like he was making like Kelsey. I mean, I don't think anybody like denies that Kelsey obviously made him a better person. Mm -hmm. Like, he was just making better steps right. and was so clearly in a happy place. Right. And, and I'm not saying that like that excuses anything. Right. I'm obviously like, I'm still going to be the same person who like, we have to, you we have know, to talk about these things that make it known that yeah, this is a real thing. It's like, as hard as it is for me, it's nothing compared to the, but the other right. like people who have actually been affected by it. Have, right. I, I saw this thing as like 97% of women have been raped. Or, or assaulted or some, to some degree. Like, yeah. Assaulted in some degree. And in this like current times, it's getting talked about a lot more, which I am very happy about because it needs to be said. Mm-hmm. And people who argue is like, well, men go through it too. It's like, yes, men go through it too. But Think about like how often women go through it. Well, how, and how more, how much more aggressive when, when, when I, I, it drives me crazy when people try to throw that, like it happens to men stuff. It's like one it's in like, four men. Also, do you know who is doing it to men? Other Most men. of the time it's other, other men. men. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, we're still in the same, yeah. still on the same page. Like guys. no matter like, what, <laughs> it's, like it's, it's men's fault. It's our fault for the so, most part. For yeah. the most part, uh, God, we the uh, the staff at the red carpet actually took a sexual assault seminar. Oh, uh, to better understand situations and how to conduct ourselves uh, and notice situations that are happening in the bar scene. Uh, so there was like a whole training on uh, like noticing body language of like certain people when like shit is going on. Uh, even if like in, they're in a couple, you can tell by the body language and how people like act, uh, how to approach somebody if something is going on, you know, and how to handle that. Yeah. Uh, th- they even brought up uh, the angel's wings shot or something like that. It's so oh, they, oh, they posted like something in like the women's bathroom. It's yeah, like, yeah. Order yeah. this shot if you you need help or something like that. And I, with that, I think was a great idea. I just think that it should have been publicized. Yeah, because now people know exactly. Yeah, now that person knows that as soon as they hear you say that word, those words. They know they're they're on to you or something. Mm-hmm. So like it's up to like some somehow come up with a system to notice what's going on. Yeah. Like at the carpet, we've been cracking down on creeps as well because uh 
those string of murders that happened, uh, I want to say like two months ago, mm-hmm. where they found that woman in uh, her apartment. Oh, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. they found that woman on the side of the road. And we were like, okay, we don't know what happened to these. Either somebody got them, dumped them on the side of the road, or like whatever. So it's like, we watch people, and it's like, okay, this dude's like being aggressively creepy towards these women. Get him out. Like, we're not, we're not dealing with that. Like, we wouldn't let our female staff go home alone. Uh, like, it's like, you have to have somebody with you. It's like, you have to have, like, it got to the point where it's like, uh, we need to see you get in a cab to go home. We need to know you have a ride home that you're safe mm-hmm. because we're not taking chances on that. Oh, know? that's awesome. And we like, we have a very protective staff as it is of each other. Yeah. But I mean, I'm glad to hear that because I was, uh, I was talking to Robert about this, about how like people will say St. Cloud sucks, but like my viewpoint on St. Cloud, especially after I started doing stand up, Mm -hmm. was like St. Cloud is so much worse than people realize. And it's not, the the stuff that you like outwardly see it's the the stuff that you don't know about unless it's happened to you or someone you know right and then like you hear about it in articles later on yeah yeah yeah. like there well but like even then it's i don't know how like much people really grasp like the gang members that will show up like from out of town or from different states Mm -hmm. And for some reason, they choose downtown St. Cloud to come and conduct yeah. themselves, which is fucking insane. It's 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 something, but uh, like yeah, you get those people who like to the point now. We deal more with out of towners being our problem than actual people who live in St. Cloud. Yeah, it's like. It's like, oh, I'm from here. I'm from there. You know, it's like, okay, cool. It's like, doesn't mean you get to act a certain way here. Yeah. Because it's like, we have a rapport with all our uh, customers pretty much, you know, and all the people we don't are the new ones. Either the new college kids or kids that are just came of age and, you know. Oh, sure. Want to act a fool. You know, most of them go to the loon. <laughs> the few that come, they, they want to act a fool. It's like, okay, you're going to get snatched up and thrown out. It's like, sorry. You know, it's like, at this point, we have no tolerance for it. It's like, it's like, we're going to crack down. We're going to crack down hard. Yeah. You know, it's like, you're acting like a fool. We're going to get you out. Well, yeah. And, and I mean, <clears throat> the, the other thing was that like, there was this, thought of like oh just just don't go to this bar just don't go to that oh my god that place, i was right? talking to somebody about this the other day like literally working on tuesday it was like oh well i'd never been here i was like well why well i'm muslim and my friends have made me afraid of this place mm-hmm. i was like how so it's like i don't want to get stabbed i don't want to get shot i was like okay we had the one stabbing and that was horrible. Um, the getting shot thing never happened. 
that was at the press. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Uh, honestly, like stuff like that isn't like a normalcy for us, and it, like people make it out to be that thing, and it's like, no, you're just being fucking racist because we have black clientele <laughs> that come yeah. to our bar, and for the most part, they are to themselves. Yeah, you know. And fucking, you don't fuck with them. They're not going to fuck with you. You know, just like, don't be a piece of shit. Yeah. All the problems that I've had when I've been at Keller or anywhere else in the red carpet, mm -hmm. it's always been with other white dudes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, I was like, honestly, anybody can get stabbed by anybody. It's like, it just happens. But like, at the same time, it's like, we're taking uh, steps to protect our customers and, you know, checking bags making sure people like it's not pat downs but like more so yeah, yeah like yeah. lift your uh your pant leg lift your waist you know making sure like you don't have anything you know that kind of stuff but even if so what i was trying to say was like even if people did that right so even if they were like okay we're just going to stop going to that this bar that right. bar whatever eventually those people that you're afraid of are going to leave that bar mm -hmm. and go someplace else. Right. Like, it's not like not going to this area is going to fix the issue. Right. You're going to find those people you're scared of. <laughs> those people are everywhere. Yeah. Well, no matter, bring this guy a little closer, no matter who they are. Yeah. Um, Jesus. <laughs> uh, but it's like, honestly, it's like, Oh, they're so afraid of guns. There was five shots popped off at the loon by a 20-year-old, by the way, who was in their club, and yet the red carpet gets fucking watched for a bunch of shit as these other places get off the hook. And I'm just like, you know why? Fuck? Parking. <laughs> Parking. Parking's so much easier at the red carpet. This is facts. <laughs> this is facts. I can't. Where'd can't. the shooting happen? God, parking sucks over there. Uh, Let's <laughs> it was behind the loon. Uh, from the article, it said. He fired five shots in the air, ran off in a car that somebody was else driving, and they like chased him and found him and everything. And I was like, dude's a 20-year-old in the club with a gun. I was like, and yet we get the bad reputation of this shit happening. And I'm just like, what the fuck? If anything, the fucking, what's that? <laughs> that government building that's right by, because isn't that right behind Loon? The courthouse? Yeah, the courthouse. Yeah. If, if anything, they should, it's like, well, now we have to crack down on the courthouse because shootings are happening all around mm -hmm. here. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's fucking stupid. I It frustrates me when people just come in. It's like, oh, it's not safe here. I was like, honestly, our staff does a pretty good job of, you know, calling shit out, getting people out of there, you know, and if we don't have security at the moment, it's like there's always a staff member. Or like me, that he's usually there. Like, God, I choked somebody out. Uh, like a month ago, or two. Dude was being a creep. Wouldn't yeah. leave, and he he got aggressive with uh, like I think it was Adrian bartending. Dude got aggressive with her. He she told him that he they didn't want to talk to him. Oh, okay. He's like. But it's somebody else, I think, uh, said something along the lines like, just she said, they don't want to talk to you, so leave them alone. And he's like, well, what the fuck are you going to do to them? And then somebody came to me and he's like, hey, can you get this guy out of here? 
So I get up. I was like, hey, man, we got to go. Tap him on the back. He's like, don't fucking touch me. I was like, all right, cool. But we got to go. Out of being very, very polite. It, yeah, it takes yeah, a yeah. lot for me to actually like get into it. Unless you like really rub me the wrong way. And I was like, all right, man, like either you're going to leave by yourself or I can escort you out. And he turns on. He's like, do you want to fight me? I was <laughs> like, no, I just want you to leave. He's like, no, I think I want to fight you, though. <laughs> Takes a, like a puff of his vape. And I was like, oh, this motherfucker. <laughs> and turns around. He's like, I want to fight you. Yeah, I think I want to fight. And he kept going like, I want to fight you. I was like, oh, this motherfucker. I was like, and this has happened before. Uh, like a year ago like over a year ago this has happened before and like I, that's why i got this bump on my wrist because dude attacked me oh because he's like he's like i'm like you don't want to fight me and he was trying to hit other customers and i got them into because the, this is at the front door and he was trying to oh, come inside oh. so i was trying to keep him outside and he attacked me i wasn't going to have that happen again and he showed his back to me so i just fucking put him to sleep and like put him on the ground i was like and then, like, I put my knee on his back, you know, make sure he was breathing first, like, put him on his side just so, like, he was breathing. And then find out, it was like, okay, I'm going to restrain you right here. Call the cops because I'm not dealing with this. Because if I let him go, then this is going to turn into a real fight. Right, right, right. So they take, like, five minutes to show up. Fucking, I had to reposition myself multiple times. And she started, like, spitting everywhere and just, like... It's a whole fucking thing, but they had to put him in a full restraint. Oh, wow. Like a full body restraint and I put a spit bag over his face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking dumbass. He was five foot eight. I was going to say fucking <laughs> short man syndrome. He was five foot eight. And I was like, oh my gosh. Dude, the amount of times that like somebody who sees somebody like larger than mm -hmm. them and then they're like. Oh, you think just because you're bigger than me that I'm going to back down right now. And it's like, it, it's not that for me. It's yeah. not that it was like, Hey man, look, we're just trying to have a good time. Just chill out. And like out of all our bouncers, I am the nicest. And I've always been the nicest. It's just like, fucking, just look, I'm just asking you to chill out and leave. I'm like you're too drunk. You got to You just got to go, man. Yeah. And I try. I really do. But they push. <laughs> they push and push. And I was like, okay, I'm done. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I mean, it, that speaks to the type of person that you are too, because there's all kinds of ways that you could have gone a route of intimidation, like grabbing him and throwing him or right. like just pinning him to the ground. Like took like the, that's the route of like the least amount of casualties. Like mm -hmm. nobody's going to get hit or any, you know, disrupted. Right. If you just, you know, have them, you know, it's like, dude, give them you some can just leave and this can just all be over. Just don't come back for the night. Yeah. But he's repeated. We found out later that night he was kicked out of MCs for mm. being an asshole and a creep. So I was like, cool. We got him 86 from the bar and everything. So I was like, cool. I'm like, I don't have to deal with this guy anymore. Nice. At least for a year. Well, that's fantastic. I mean, so the, 
I forget. Do you have like a cat or anything? Nope. No. No pets. I wish. So, I mean, you go, and, and I'm not trying to like provoke you, but I mean, does it hit you when you go home? And there's nobody there. And there's nobody there. I never really think about it, actually. It's like, yes, I've always wanted a pet, but at the same time, fucking my landlord's allergic to like cats and like, he doesn't like, he's dealt with pets before. So he doesn't like cleaning up after them. Like when people move out and dealing with all that, which is fine. Uh, whatever. But, um, like I lived with my brother, Jonathan, uh, before I moved into this new place, you know, and I got it. He's very to himself. He's very introverted. Mm. So, you know, we had limited like conversations here and there, you know, and they were always brief, but they were never that really that long, you know, unless we were like on a three way call with my older brother, Matt, and we oh, were just okay. talking about random shit. Um, I think I've always been okay with being by myself in a way because like I kind of always felt alone mm. sometimes and I was like, all right, you know, yeah, I have friends, you know, and I hang out with them and, you know, but as far as coming home, it's like, and being alone. I'm okay, I guess, because it's like, yeah, I do want to share space with somebody, but at this moment, I don't have anyone. It is what it is. You know, I'm taking it a day at a time. You know, it's like eventually I'll have somebody, hopefully. But if I don't, I think I'm okay. Yeah. At that point, you know, it's like, yeah, I want kids. I want to have a life with somebody, eventually have a house. but. I think where I'm at right now, I'm okay if it doesn't happen. I'm okay with being uh, an uncle uh, to my, you know, my older brother has a daughter now, and she's just so cute. I think I'm okay being that uncle, you know. I'm I more mean, like, in the sense of, like, because you go through, it may not, because it's happened so many times, And I don't mean it to say like the most extreme version has happened so many times, but Mm -hmm. like the, like having a shit day and like, cause sometimes just having a roommate, like having, like when you don't have a place to vent all of that shit out. Oh, (sighs) see, this is where my relationship with like Robert and Adrian come in. Because we work together and we just, if it's a bad day, we just tell each other and just let oh, it okay. all out. Um, and that's why I cherish them because like Robert, Julie, uh, who's his girlfriend? I, I think you know that. Yeah. Adrian, Annie, my friend Callie, Corey, you know, and them. Uh, fucking, we all just, I think, and it's healthy. We just vent to each other sometimes, you know, and just say what we're going through and you know and they're a really great support system so in that aspect of just letting things off my chest i always have them and i know they'll always have my back and tell me if i'm wrong in some way 
Well, that's good. I'm, so I that makes up for a lot of like the loneliness is just having them around. Well, good. So yeah, that, I, I mean that's that's one thing that I was I was curious about was because right. like like I was saying before, like this happy exterior and we don't know what goes on afterwards. Like it's good to know that you do have that support system. And that right. And I am so grateful for a while though. Like, honestly, that those people I consider family, you know, and I'll go to the ends of the earth for them. If they need something, I'll do my best of my ability to try to help in any sort of way. But, you know, and I'm so grateful for each and every one of them because they're just there. Oh, um, we've almost been recording for two hours, so. Jesus Christ. <laughs> what time is it? That went by a lot faster than I thought Oof. it was going to. Um, I mean, do you have any advice to people who are, I would say, trying to, because what, what we didn't like really touch on was, I feel like you've found your place as to like, uh, we know who Steven is. And it sounded like finding kind of your place in the world mm -hmm. was a little bit of a struggle. So, I mean, do you have any advice for people who are kind of going through those motions? I mean, it's not going to work for everybody, you know, just taking it a day at a time. Like just don't rush anything. You can be excited about everything that you have going on, you know, take the steps to succeed in whatever you're doing. Uh, just don't get, so consumed in it that you're blind to the other parts that you need to take care of, you know, in your life. Yeah. Like, where like, I, like you said, I'm, I don't have people to come home to, but I have people I can talk to about things. Try to find your like support system that helps you try not to let everything get to you. Like take what you can and don't overload yourself, mm -hmm. you know? Take what you can do and just do it. You know, take it a step at a time, a day at a time, and hopefully it works out. That's great advice, yeah. dude. That's fantastic. Um, well, ladies and gentlemen, that was Steven. He's a gorgeous boy. Yeah. You can find him at the red carpet, your local dartboard, and sometimes in the sewers helping out some uh turtles who like pizza yeah steve no. fucking thank you for doing this again well, dude. thank you i appreciate it appreciate the bejesus out of you willing to be here i'm gonna get the hat trick tell me oh uh, yeah, yeah yeah <laughs> i'm gonna do the hat trick for sure all <laughs> right well and to the listeners be well to yourselves be well mm -hmm.